We're, we're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Oh, my neck, my back, my neck, and my back feel like I got my ass kicked last night. Watching the Nets. Whose song was that? I, I can't. Who who uh, made that song? Well, um, my neck, my back. Yeah, Kaya, he's singing. He's singing Kaya, the abridged version. Kaya, Kaya sang "My Neck, My Back." She was feeling good, uh, but Ezel e- <laughs> was pretending to be hurt on oh. Friday, and he was like, "My neck, my back, my neck, and my back." He was pretending to be in pain, like I was pretending to be in pain over that game last night gotcha the celtics deboed the nets yeah <laughs> yeah from the first like possession um so how do we begin let's let's just try and talk people off the ledge a little bit because that's twitter more so than like any other twitter it's a small group of people but when, like when when shit goes bad it's it's ugly and people are tearing each other apart, and especially right now with, you know, Ben Simmons being out, with the trade deadline approaching, with KD obviously being out for a long stretch of time. And with the 10th straight loss to the Boston Celtics, it sucks, yo. It sucks. I hate that team. I hate that team. And there's, like, a certain group of trolls from the Celtics Twitter that, like, think that they get to me by posting my viral video of We Want Boston. Like, I'll say it forever they put me on espn with that i don't care like it's so hard to make viral content i didn't know that video was gonna go viral shout out to the block the brooklyn brigade we went and watched the playing game whether we wanted boston or not we knew if we beat the Cavs, boston was next so it could have been boston it could have been the seattle supersonics we would have been chanting we want seattle it's just what it is but now since then the Nets have uh, lost ten in a, a row and look completely I, outmatched. And isn't it nine? Not not that that's any better, is it, but I, is it nine? I, I think it's nine. I think you're I giving think it's one. Nine. I think you're giving think you one give extra. An extra one. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be ten. Feels like ten. I guess we'll have to change the title. <laughs> Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn, welcome in. Yeah, I mean that game was <laughs> threefold for one. What I've talked about as we've done this podcast this season. One of the lessons I've said that we need to learn, and then therefore, if I'm going to learn the lesson, I must apply said lesson, is to be a little bit more patient. Because there's been times where, remember after the first two losses post-KD, we're like, oh, it's the end of the world. And then they come back, they respond, they win in Utah, they win in, in Golden State. Remember at the beginning of the year, we're like, ah, this is the end of everything, blow it up. Well, you know, they, they went on that streak and won however many games in a row. The Kyrie situation, ah, you know, like it's the end of everything. And and Kyrie is is playing well uh, and, and hasn't been an issue, at least for now. So I, I don't want to overreact to this one game. Let's, let's be real about it. The Celtics are better than the Nets. They have proven that they are better than the Nets by the head-to-head matchups. We can see it. It's clear they're the best team in the league right now. That, again, is the bar that the Nets need to reach. The game last night, my biggest problem was, it was just bad effort. I haven't seen that from the team in a while. They didn't have that juice. They didn't have that pep in their step. And that's never great. But for the, the other aspects of it, there's the one thing that needs to be addressed clearly. Kevin Durant was out. 
And for whatever we want to say about Ben Simmons, and and I, I've I've wondered if he's quit, and, and and I certainly don't trust him, and all those things remain true. But his size is important for specific matchups. That's what makes him such an enigma for them the rest of the season. Is if if you're going against Boston and you're going against Milwaukee, his size could come in handy because from a matchup standpoint, when you remove Kevin Durant and when you remove Ben Simmons. And when you remove, to a lesser extent, T.J. Warren, the Nets are very, very small. You know, you got Seth Curry out there uh, next to Kyrie Irving, which makes them tremendously small in the backcourt. You've got no wings. You've got guys coming off the bench in Cam Thomas in Pat and Patty Mills who just continue to make them small against a team that has Jason Tatum on the wing, Jalen Brown on the wing, Grant Williams out there as a, as a wing slash forward, Derek White, a big guard at, at his size so on and so forth. So it's just a really tough matchup. And then finally, all the Sean Marks stuff. I, I saw his name trending. You think Sean Marks is, is just sitting there twiddling his thumbs? The trade deadline was not last night, right? And and, and I don't think the, the Nets are going to make some huge splashy move. But like we've been saying, I, I do believe Sean Marks needs to make a move on the margins to get this team a little bit bigger. And that doesn't necessarily mean a big. You know, Josh Hart. Would, would fill that description for me because he'd be a bigger guard, a guy who can go get rebounds, loose balls, stop those uh, second possessions, third possessions. But obviously that's something the Nets have to look forward to is improving the roster a little bit in this next week. Right. And a Nets team with Kevin Durant has the expectation, and, and we have decided we've gone all in on this season. We have the expectation that we are going to go and compete for a championship. But we can't really – rely on any help at this point the east runs through boston and as much as that pains me in my heart to say as much as i would rather it not be the case just like the nets run new york boston at this point runs the entirety of the eastern conference of the nba and so we can't rely on anybody to beat them before we eventually assuming everything goes well for us in the other games before we eventually go on to play the celtics and so it's a problem that we need to solve and there's a lot that not from this game but from the reactions to it that i liked i liked Jacques Vaughn taking personal responsibility. I liked him going, and I don't know if you guys saw this in his presser. He said he talked to the team and he apologized uh, for putting them out there when he didn't think that he prepared them enough. I love that level of personal responsibility. I, sh I think it shows that we, uh, what we already know is that we have a great coach. Uh, I like that. But what I don't like is the fact that not only do we lose against the Celtics, we look helpless against the Celtics. And granted, we haven't played our last two with Kevin Durant, with the Nets clicking the way they, they're supposed to be with him. But at the end of the day, we're in a situation where the Nets aren't even competitive with them. Does Kevin Durant add another 43 points to, to make the Nets you know, tie this game, bring it to overtime? Does he add enough defense to make that margin even smaller? Maybe. And, and I give him credit as being one of, if not the best player in the league. But what, I, what I, I don't necessarily love from this game, and Robin, I might have to disagree with you a little bit uh, on one of the things you said. There's a lot of takes that Ben Simmons could have been the answer, that Ben Simmons stops Boston from scoring, you know, outscoring the Nets by 40-some points in the for first quarter. It doesn't let them score those 43 points. And I, I grant to you that that might be the case because it was the first quarter. And... It, you, I think we've reached a point with Ben Simmons where you have to ask, is he the hammer that Homer Simpson is trying to hit the nail in? Maybe he'll get the nail, but if Ben Simmons is going to hit Homer's hand too many times, you know, what, what 
benefit does he bring compared to his cost? And I think it's, it's an interesting conundrum that the Nets are in because in all likelihood, he's not going anywhere. And we know that the Nets are probably going to be making moves on the margins, but how much can you trust Ben Simmons or how much does that trust not matter if you're in a position where you just need him so much and his size and what he can bring defensively when he's on the floor. And that's a question that I pose to either of you guys, because I don't know where the balance lies between those two. Yeah. I'm not saying Ben Simmons is the solution. So I don't think we disagree that much. I'm saying what happened almost heightens the problem with Ben Simmons because they're not going to trade him. I would be stunned if they do simply because I don't know how you trade can't. him. Yeah, you can't trade him. So, but theoretically, the theoretical version of Ben Simmons and his size is needed. Something like that is needed in specific matchups against Milwaukee and Boston because of the way their rosters are constructed versus the way the Nets rosters are constructed. So if you could get Ben Simmons at the best version of himself, yeah, that makes a huge difference. I don't trust Ben Simmons to be that best version of himself, and therein lies the problem. But even at a lesser version of himself, I still think specifically in those matchups, it doesn't hurt to have him on the floor at various points in the game because he's then guarding Jason Tatum instead of Seth Curry, for instance, in that switch-heavy scheme. Yo, I hate that we're really talking about Ben Simmons. Like, I hate that he's even on this team. Like, Nets fans have had to go through so much nonsense in our lives, and we just keep inheriting more. Like, Ben Simmons shouldn't be – Why? like, let me try and slow down here. <laughs> Whether Ben Simmons played last night or not, the Nets are getting <laughs> cooked. I saw someone say, oh, the, the Celtics wouldn't have scored 46. Okay, they probably still would have put up 36-38. Ben Simmons quit, and I don't care what anybody says. He got hit in the eyelash. And then he came down with knee soreness, and he missed the last couple games. Does anyone remember we beat the Lakers? We're not even going to talk about that. The Nets beat the Lakers 121-104. That doesn't even matter. We get it. LeBron didn't play. AD didn't play. And Knicks fans lose to the Lakers when they did play. And they put a banner up saying, well, at least LeBron played here. Knicks Knicks fans (laughs) trying to turn that into a win for them is one of the most depressing things I've seen in all of sports. And again, I mean, we were all Nets fans when they were, you know, winning 12 games of the season. I think that might be one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. Misery loves company. So we inherit a lot of nonsense, but the the Boo York Icks are, are forever bums. Going back to the game last night, Robin said it. I was just looking for compete level. I wasn't expecting them to go in to TD Garden and beat the best team in the league with the best record. The the reigning Eastern Conference champs who have our number know exactly how to play against us. Their fans stepping on Kyrie's jersey. Like, not even their fans. They're, they're, they're fans' kids. These are, these are little kids out there wearing Kyrie's shoes, stepping on his jersey. And every time he gets the ball, they boo him, corny. Every time he misses a shot, they celebrate. It's been four years. We still have to deal with that. I hate Boston. I'm a Yankees fan. I don't even go there. I literally don't go to Fenway. I don't go to TD Garden. I I don't like anything about what they do shipping up to Boston. And we've been owned by the Boston Celtics. And if any Nets fan thinks that the Nets are winning anything, they're our nemesis. They're our arch rival. And they doomed us back in 2013, and we're still dealing with them 10 years later in a way where it's just ridiculous to me that, like, you know, 
we have to talk about Ben Simmons. I'm done with Ben Simmons. They took him on. They were the only ones dumb enough to take him on. They defaulted into that with James Harden quitting on the team. Now they've got another player that they traded for quitting on the team. The Nets are getting the worst of, like, the NBA drama. They're getting the, like, divas. They're getting, like, like they're just always in the mix of the nonsense. Don't, don't leave Kyrie out of this mess. And I know they've chilled on KD, but when KD first came here, leaving Golden State, you guys already know you watch the NBA. I hate that, like, we can't just have a peaceful season. And I know there's no such thing as a peaceful season. There's always up and downs. But it's like, man, there's always some new bullshit to deal with on top of the losing. As soon as we do feel good about something, right, we felt good about the loss in Philadelphia. The loss in Philadelphia, the compete level was there. They almost stole that game against one of the beasts of the East without KD. But then when they go to Boston, they get absolutely smacked from the start of the game. And, like, I don't even want to break down the game. I don't even want to go to some of the numbers. When you look at the box score, it is alarming. And that was on national TV. Their fans break out in the Kyrie sucks chance, and it just makes us look down bad, and we're not that down bad. Did anybody look at Kyrie's IG story today, by the way? I, I, I got, like, a little bit of anxiety. I saw how many little white dashes were at the top. My, no. man, was, my man was on a manic spree. And I don't even a, want to. I, I went through there. I saw Jason Whitlock's face. I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> I had to go through pretty quick. But uh, luckily there was nothing that was, was like, immediately uh, – uh, you know, the, the worst thing I've ever seen. But it, it was one of those things. They had this loss to the Celtics last night, and I was like, no, 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 no. Don't let me see the, the next thing on Kyrie's story. To your point, uh, as far as, as the Nets roster, look, I, I, Kevin Durant's going to come back. Kyrie Irving is, is still clutch. Nick Claxton had a really bad game last night against the Celtics. We, we've praised them all season. The, the Nets don't stand a chance in a game like that, when, when Claxton is going to be miserable relative to the standard he's played to this season, he just didn't have, just like the rest of the team, didn't have the energy that he's played with for the majority of the season, and that hurt them. But either way, those three guys I feel good about. I told you I feel pretty good about Royce as a rotation player. Um, ben Simmons, I don't think there's an answer uh, there. So to me, the obvious places to upgrade, who are the next most important players on the team? Joe Harris and Seth Curry. And those are the two places I think not necessarily you're upgrading the exact archetype of them. You're not like a shooter per se, but those spots in the rotation, Joe Harris just isn't consistent enough. Doesn't impact the game in other ways besides the shooting uh, isn't a, a great defender and he's been shooting the ball a little bit better. So that's good. And then Seth Curry can create for himself a little bit, can shoot obviously, but is so undersized defensively. Uh, that I, I don't know how much you actually want to rely on him. So those are the two spots, in addition to maybe a backup big or another big, that I'd be looking to upgrade when you're talking about the group that's taking the floor and, and how much you're depending on individual players. I'd like to be depending on those two guys a little bit less. Yeah, and even with, and you pointed this out, even with Joe Harris, and you have to give him credit, I think he's putting the Nets in a better situation because as of late, he's been shooting well. Mm -hmm. He's he's been shooting over 50 percent in something like his last five games, which especially last night going four of seven is kind of impressive uh, considering the types of awful shots that we were taking yesterday. I think and I hope that he's playing himself into a little bit more evident contract value as a trade target, because you're right, Robin. What else? Even the perfect Joe Harris, even the Joe Harris that shoots 44 percent from three wins, a three point contest. What additional thing other than his shooting does he bring? I used to like his compete. I don't like it as much anymore. I used to like his d defense. 
not at all anymore. You know, and I think that the thing that the Nets have is that we're in a situation where we need more, we need players that do more than one thing, right? Nick Claxton has shown that he can switch, he can rebound, he can get blocks, and now he has added some scoring to his game. And that's how he's developed from a role to a star, right? Joe Harris hasn't done that. Seth Curry can make his own shot, which is great. He can hit threes, which is great. But he's just too undersized to fit this scheme. And I think even if you're trading both of those players for one player that can fill multiple roles, I think you're in a good situation with the Nets. And I do think that Sean Marks has some sort of a thing up his sleeve to get that done. I am, there, I've seen a lot of Sean Marks hate. And at the end of the day, we're rocking with him. So we, we might have to just have some hope in him. And again, the trade deadline was not last night. For some reason, exactly. everybody decided exactly. the trade deadline was last from night. Today. We got yeah. a week. And honestly, it's going to be a long-ass week. And, uh, you know, I'm not giving Joe Harris too much love. Good. Like, you get paid to shoot like that, bro. You're you're paid because we expect you to hit those threes. So I'm glad to see he's doing that now. But, like, that's in a meaningless game last night. You're shooting, you're shooting threes. We're down 30. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to bring us back. Man, Tatum had more points than the Nets in the first quarter. I think I saw that on Twitter. I hope that that wasn't right. But I think that was true watching the game, right? Like, he was going off right away. All of them were going off. Looking at the box score, it was scary hours. Remember that? Uh, what else from this game, man? I, like I said, I was looking for them to compete. It was 46-16 uh, after the first quarter. That means you're overmatched. That's that's JV versus – that's not even JV. That's varsity versus the freshman. Um, the Nets did show some life. They went on a little 10-2 run. Um, I don't know. They got their ass kicked. And uh, let's pull up the first screenshot from Christian Winfield. Um, I guess they, they needed uh, to recover. That's why I came in like, oh, my neck, my back, my neck, and my back. Nets say they are not practicing tomorrow. They have an extra day off tomorrow before playing the Wizards on Saturday. And they better not think it's sweet. They better not think it's sweet against the Wizards. Because I, I know we beat the Wizards this year, but don't, don't take them lightly. The Wizards have been winning games, and they got some guys that are trying to get out of there. So they're going to show up and play. They're going to show up. And thank you, Alex. I was about to say, I was about to go back and see what's their streak at now. Our producer, Alex, says Wizards are on a six-game win streak. Do not think it's sweet going up against uh, Chris Stapps and Kuzma and the rest of these jokers over there that are trying to get uh, one-way tickets out of there. The next we also go back-to-back -back against the Suns and the Clippers right after that. And Devin Booker's coming back. Everybody loves to come back against the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> and uh, when you're down, they love to kick you. When you're, you're down, man, the Celtics were laughing at the end of the game. They had their little, uh, you know, the guy that cleans the sweat off the floor on, on Scott Van Pelt. I get off work last night. I see him um, running off the court so he doesn't get in the play. I just hope that we can get some revenge one day and someday soon. Now, let's go through some screenshots because obviously with a week to the trade deadline, that's all everybody's talking about. And what I'll try and tell Nets fans as I try to talk you off the ledge is Sean Marks was in the building. When uh, Robin said before, what do you think? He's just twiddling his thumbs. Hell yeah. I think he's literally in there like, hmm, this is not good. How can we fix this? We have to do something. And I don't know how much you guys read into like rumors or hoops hype or Chris Haynes or Scoop B or Nets Daily or <laughs> anybody on Nets Twitter throwing stuff out there. But uh, there's there's a few things. We'll get to them after we go through what these guys had to say after getting their ass kicked. I don't know if you guys watched the post game. I didn't watch. 
the post game. But let's pull up the first screenshot from Nick Claxton. It's the white screenshot in the notes. He says, if we play them 10 more times, we don't get beat by this much. We'll see them again. Nick Claxton had a bad game, but I wasn't mad at him because I feel like you know, he what's he supposed to do? Put the team on his back like Greg Jennings? No, there's nothing you could do. Um, let's go to the next screenshot. We're just going to show you the clips of what they said in the uh, post game. I turned the game off. I was at work. Like Kyrie said, it's clear that they want to win the championship, his former team that he left, and they're not wasting any time in the regular season. We were just one of those teams in the way, and we just can't be one of those teams in the way. We've got to be one of those teams that stands up to them. Pun intended. You can't stand up to these guys when you're 6'2", 6'3". And they're all bigger than you are. It's just, it's the same thing. Um, ain't shit changed, right? It was all about last year, right? When when KD and the Nets got swept out. Oh, they don't have the size to match up against them. What are they going to do in the offseason to change that? Oh, Ben Simmons is going to help, right? Remember when folks thought Ben Simmons was going to play in that series last year where the Nets did the stupid-ass power levels, power-up, Nets-level Power Rangers graphic and had him in that as if he was going to play. Nah, he was ducking smoke. He knows better than to step on the court in there. Let's go to the next quote from the post game. Or actually, this is from Kyrie's Twitter after the post game. Chop wood, carry water. Chop wood, carry water. If you've been following the Nets and Jacques Vaughn, throw up the cover of the book. This isn't just Kyrie throwing that out there. From what I know, this is uh, a book that Jock Vaughn either put in the hands of the players or refers to chop wood, carry water. And it's how to fall in love with the process of becoming great. And it's a process right here. Where is it in my room? It says greatness is a process. The Nets are seeking greatness. It's taken a while but they know that, like, you know, a humbling experience like that is something they could learn from. Let's go to the last screenshot from Brian Lewis. Jacques Vaughn admitted that the Nets had got hit and didn't hit back. I think if you look at how we were moving the energy and effort that we needed to beat this team tonight, we were lacking that from the beginning of the game. Jacques Vaughn later said, or in the beginning said, I take the blame for all of it. I've got to do my part. Jacques Vaughn is a great coach. He's a great man. He's a great motivator, a great speaker. He's got good energy, but that ain't on you, Jacques. It's not. I I guess you can take accountability, and I respect a man that takes accountability, but you can't, you can't, you can't play the game for them. They stepped on that court and got ran off the court, and we've seen that before in this exact matchup. Yeah, it was an embarrassing effort level to the point where you could almost sense Mike Breen's disgust on, on the broadcast. <laughs> but I will, I will again, I have to take a step back and take a deep breath because that has not been a pattern for this particular team. They've, they've had a against couple of the team just against yeah, the sure. But not like last year where it was a pattern with the team overall. And remember last year, it all fell apart. This team fell all the way out of the, the playoffs into the play in. Well, they've had KD gone for a while and luckily they played so well before that, but they haven't fallen to that degree that they're in no danger. At least I don't think of falling from the playoffs to the play in this year. They're, what are they sitting at fourth right now? None of those teams in the play-in tournament are going to catch them. You reference the the um, the teams, the schedule coming up, the next game against the Wizards, and then the back-to-back. I'm guessing roughly those will be the last three games without KD. I'm assuming, you know, give or take a game, uh, that KD will be back 
right after that kind of stretch. So you're almost at the end of this stretch of basketball without Kevin Durant. I think they're four and seven, uh, which is not great. But you, you, somehow you you know you snag two out of three. Aren't they all at home? They're, you know, if you could snag. We two have out a of home three. stretch coming up. And last yeah. episode, I predicted him to come back Monday against the Knicks. He ain't got to travel far. And then we got the Heat at home on Wednesday, February fifteenth. So Monday, the fe- February thirteenth. Mon- uh, Wednesday, February fifteenth. I hope. So e- either way, uh, it's not too long. He's getting reevaluated uh, this coming Monday. I don't think it's going to be too long before Kevin Durant is back on the floor. So if they can just get a couple of wins and then end this stretch a game or two under 500, three games under 500, whatever the case may be, that's not the 11-game losing streak. That's not what dropped them into the play-in tournament that they they never really fully recovered from last year. So we've seen this team. What was the game earlier this year where they got their doors blown off? Was that Sacramento? Somebody – and we, we had a full-on panic. It was a yeah. full-on panic after that game. The beam team. And, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're actually good. I thought they were a fluke in the beginning of the year. They're actually good. So you got to remember the regular season. And, you know, the Pistons are not better than the Nets. The Spurs are not better than the Nets. They beat them too. Just like you see the Magic have beaten the Celtics three times this year. The, the Magic are not better than the Celtics. It's still the regular season. It only counts for one loss. It sucks – because the Celtics, the Celtics have been to the Nets as the Nets have been to the Knicks. I I don't know if we've said that on here, but Hudson brought it up uh, before the show. But that 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 is the case. So it sucks, and you know they're where you got to go through. So it makes it frustrating. But in the grand scheme of things, that game itself was not that big a deal. No, and I think I think we have to have faith, and and I think most people do that. The Nets under Jacques Vaughn are not the kind of team where they're going to take a punch like that and just completely fall over. They're not down for the count. It's not even the all-star break. It's not even the trade deadline. And I also think there's there's something to be said for the fact that Sean Marks is getting a lot of flack. There, I don't love every move Sean Marks has made. I have cooled off on the idol worship of, you know, in Marks we trust everything he does is right. He's a wizard. I, I've moved off of that. But at the end of the day, right, it's not as if, Sean Marks is has made a team that is terrible. We're playing without Kevin Durant, and this is Kevin Durant's team. It's he's he's the whole team, and we're treading water without him. A little worse than 500, so not exactly treading water, but we're not drowning. And to a certain extent, you gotta let you gotta let the guy make a move. Robin, you keep saying it. Last night wasn't the trade deadline. Next Thursday, we got he's got plenty of time. There's been what one trade in the NBA. This this so far this season, it's it's coming time for him to start making moves. But he he has he bears little to no responsibility for the team that got smoked by the Celtics last night, because at the end of the day, we don't lose by 43. If Kevin Durant's on the floor, maybe we don't win. Maybe we have problems matching up against them specifically. But at, at the end of the day, this isn't the team that he built. And there's no reason at this point to get riled up on Twitter, riled up on your podcast, riled up on your YouTube channel, whatever about the Nets chat. <laughs> for the group chat. We got, we got, we're in lots of Nets group chats and there's lots of, lots of, you know, angry people. But at, at the end of the day, right, this is the team that we've got. And it has not come time yet for Sean Marks to make a trade because the trade deadline is coming up. And as much as we would love for there to be an easy answer, SB in the chat says, why not sign a 10-day contract? This isn't 
that it's just not a situation that where we can do things like that. About the sign. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, gonna, Andre Robertson. Are we going to bring back Norvell Pell? Like, I mean, what are we? I, I, I realized Dayron Sharp might have been the first player who got demoted to the G League in the middle of a game last night, but ten-day contracts aren't saving you. All right, I mean, we're not. There's just we're looking for That's not the solution. Obviously, we're looking for options. We'll move on to talk about the trade deadline quickly before we wrap things up. Um, it's a week away. Nas Reed has been floated out there. I've been saying that man's name constantly. He went to Roselle Catholic. He's from Asbury Park, New Jersey, right where I'm from. I would love to see that guy come home. If you saw what he did last night, like that's the type of guy that you put on this team. He's a big that can shoot, that can pass, that can make plays. Like he can defend. I don't know. So uh, Naz Reed is out there. We already men mentioned Josh Hart. I got a tie to Josh Hart when I worked at Rock Nation and I was just, you know, trying to make my way. I was doing a little peasant duty. They had me go greet Josh Hart and bring him up from the front uh, door to the you know, elevator upstairs. Here you go, Mr. Hart. Like, uh, and he was super cool. So I would love to see that was back when he was with the Lakers. I would love to see, um, you know, him come back to New York that way. And uh, there's been a lot of conversation around Will Barton and they're saying his two destinations are here or Milwaukee um, here as in Brooklyn, Milwaukee as in Wisconsin. I have physically been to both places, no contest. So Chris Haynes had some stuff out there. League sources have informed me that Will Barton up there in Washington, is open to a change of scenery. He hasn't collected that many DMPs like Cam Reddish, but he is somebody who feels like it's time to make a change. And the scenery thing is because, you know, as I was told, he would like to play on uh, a contender and he, you know, he wants to change his scenery. And the two contenders are the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, thanks for throwing that up there, Alex. Alex said also in our little private chat, get a number three seed and avoid the Celtics. <laughs> I mean, the Nets are in the in the fourth place spot. The Sixers are in the third place spot. You guys know the standings. I think the top five, six teams are going to stay like right where they are. There'll be a little bit of movement, um, but we got to let it all play out. What do you guys think about uh, this? Bleacher Report put this out there, and I, I I'm just I'm just showing you what Bleacher Report put out there. Um, I you know what I say? We don't know shit. Sean Marks is the GM. He's paid to be on the phone. We have no choice. We don't get to press the buttons. I know you guys love using that trade simulator. I don't do that. And when people ask me, people literally will call WFAN. Hey, Keith, who should the Nets trade for? Anybody, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't. Have, I told you right away, don't trade for Ben Simmons. But um, Bleacher Report put out there a mock trade for the Brooklyn Nets to receive Zach Collins, Josh Richardson, and then Joe Harris, Patty Mills, Philadelphia's 2007 first-round pick uh, to go to San Antonio. Do Nets fans like this trade? You know what? I, I don't know, man. Uh, Joe Harris, we just were given some props to. But I just think Joe Harris is not going to be like – I can't go through a postseason, a playoff run, where Joe Harris goes cold. Just can't have it. Patty Mills, he's a veteran. He gives you that compete level, but, like, we're talking about the team lacking size. He's the smallest guy on the team. And uh, I don't care about picks. F them picks. Uh, that's what Bleacher Report put out there. Obviously, Sean Marks has ties to Phoenix and uh, um, San Antonio and Jacques Vaughn and whatever. Nobody knows. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you have to be realistic with the expectations, right? Because – 
the Nets don't have much to give. So in order to get, you have to give. And the, the guys we're talking about are Seth Curry, Joe Harris. They're the, the medium-sized salaries that can be moved and the, the a pick or two when it comes to the first round. I do, in fact, play around with the trade machine, and I can confirm to you that Seth Curry and Dayron Sharp for Josh Hart works. I don't know, you know, <laughs> you throw in a works for who? Yeah, well, I works throw in a first success. I, I throw in a first you the green check mark. Yeah, I throw in a first round pick. Uh, but you know, regardless, uh, I, I don't know if Portland makes that move though. They are outside the play in, so you got to see where these teams, uh, the direction these teams decide they're going to go into. I, I, I think that's important. Which team? I'm not talking about Portland specifically, but which teams decide? All right, it's time to to sell because we're not doing anything versus teams that say, all right, we're still going for it. Um, and and I, I don't think there's going to be any move that shakes the, you know, the the Nets uh, fan universe. But Rui Hachimura is a good example of a move that just went down, right? And he played he's played well for the Lakers so far. He played well in that game against the, the Knicks. He closed the game for the Lakers. And I don't think anybody in the last couple of weeks was going, Rui Hachimura, everybody needs Rui Hachimura. So it's going to be rotation-level players that fit specific needs. The reason I bring up Josh Hart is only because I see him fitting specific needs, not that I think the Nets are going to get him, but he's, a, he's not a small guard. He rebounds very well for a guard, and he can hit an open three, you know, while playing good defense. So, like, those kind of players. Yeah, and Alex, if you want to throw up uh, Myra's, Mira's uh, comment, most recent comment. <laughs> yeah, that was a good You're one. right. The, the Nets fans want superstars they want they want Giannis they want Luca they want the entire Eastern Conference starting five for Daron Sharp Drew Holiday (laughs) yeah right and I I get it right like I understand because it has been nary a season where the Nets don't make some random trade involving you know the most name brand players you've ever heard of that's just kind of been our reality for the past couple of seasons but the the truth of the matter is that teams that win championships Look at Milwaukee, look at the Warriors, even look at the Celtics last year who made it to a championship but didn't win. Those teams that get to that point, they're not always reshuffling their big pieces. They're trading for pawns, they're trading for rooks, they're trading for bishops. They're trying to make moves that will improve them on the edges. And I, I agree with you, Robin. Josh Hart is a, would be a, that exact kind of move because the Nets have needs that they need to fill. And quite frankly, that need is not a fourth super a fourth star another superstar because at the end of the day that would probably be too difficult to integrate at this point in the season and so we need to make improvements in the way that it is financially and trade capitally available to make improvements and for the nets the truth of the matter is that's not a superstar we just don't have we we gave up all of our pieces we lost all of our pieces that we where we could do things like that and now we have to make a very smart move. And and if you want to give Sean Marks credit or not for something, this is the kind of thing to give him credit or not for because whatever move is coming, hopefully a move, that is the kind of move that is separates the good from the greats in terms of GMs, right? It's not the signing the star because it didn't take a, a wizard to come up with signing Katie and Kyrie would make a good team, but signing the additional pieces that make that those two superstars be surrounded by uh, players that can win a championship. That's what you should judge him for. Remember when David Griffin, you know, maybe he doesn't get enough credit for the runs with the Cavs, but he made the move to get um, uh, J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert, right? 
like those kind of moves. Even like that other team that went to the finals, I think they they traded for Clarkson and George Hill at, at the, the the deadline. So it, it is those kind of moves that can make the difference you, for you. Have team. to always be getting better in every sport. You have to like if you think you have superstar talent. You have to have reinforcements. You have to add more. I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but from what I hear, the New York Liberty are building a super team, and I haven't watched one NBA or WNBA game in in years. But I guess I'm about to start rooting for you're, the Liberty. You're, you're missing out. They got it. I, they I know. Squad. I've been told. They but have yo, a squad. I, I was saying it on WFAN last night. I, like I was invited to go to the Liberty games last year, but they play exactly when the Yankees play. Why do they do that? Why do they set the games up exactly when the Yankees play? I'm going to Yankee Stadium, or I'm 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 working the game like. Well, live what, are they, what are they supposed to put them in the afternoon? <laughs> like, um, no, it's just, I, I'm never I'm never choosing to go see uh, any game over a Yankee game in the spring in the summer. But I mean, you know I'll be I, there. I'll bet I bet I pop up at some point to see this super team that they built with uh, Sloot and Brianna and. I might get some season tickets. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, all right, hold on. This start, this starting to get kind of crazy. Well, yeah, it's it's you know, it's crazy because I, you know, I didn't grow up with a a sister or anything, and I I have a daughter now. Um, and and I realized how much the representation matters as far as you know when we're watching a Marvel movie, where's the girl superhero, right? Uh, when you know she wants me to take her to a girl soccer game when we're watching WWE, Bianca Belair. When when are the when's the girls match? coming on right yeah. like and then now with the wnba the fact that that happened i am excited to tell her that it happened and say hey you know like the the team that plays where the nets play has some of the best women's basketball players in the world so i do think you know you don't want to oversell it but i do think there's a little level of excitement that could happen ar- around that franchise and it's also a good indicator i i think it feels good for the direction of the nets in the sense that this happened under Josai. You know, after this, the switchover, same way that the Nets, regardless of some of the things we've criticized the Nets for, they did become a superstar franchise in that time, too. So uh, it, it bodes well for the health of basketball um, in Brooklyn and, and in that building. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Shout out to uh, the Liberty and uh, women in sports. Here's a, a young lady that supports our podcast that called in. Uh, I tried to bait some fans into leaving a, like, angry voicemail after the first quarter when we got smoked. Let's see what uh, Sade had to say yesterday. <laughs> What's up, Keith? It's Sade. Man, man, man. After that first quarter, I had to turn the game off. I don't know what else to say. Honestly, I mean, I know we don't got KD, Ben Simmons and stuff, but this Celtic team is what we are to the Knicks, honestly. Like, they have our number. With this team presently constructed, we're not beating the Celtics in the seven-game series. I just don't see it. Ben is scared to play. <laughs> I mean, Sean Marks looks like he doesn't even want to make those trades happen. I don't know. Like, I, I just can't continue to watch this game. It's giving me a headache. Let me know what your thoughts is later. Yeah, my, my thoughts are this. There are 82 games. I think we got like 32 or 30 games left. Like, when a game is looking like that, that's an ass-whooping. You don't got to watch your favorite team get beat like that. Like, you don't have to sit through that. That's not fun. On national television, and then you you go online, and Nets fans are fighting each other, and at the center of our arguments is Ben Simmons, as if Ben Simmons would have won the game for us. It's it's not great. So, for your own mental health, for your own, like, sports fan sanity, uh, 
turn on Netflix, watch something else, turn on AWE, WWE, whatever it is that, that you watch. Um, but my thoughts ultimately, yeah, is if, if this team thinks that they're going to compete for a championship, the Eastern Conference champions – they have whooped you 10 times in a row. I was correct on the 10 times in a row. We don't have to change the title. And they own the net. So, like, I don't know. The, the way that these stories in sports go, you always need to see that team that you're trying to knock off. And then you need to build your team, construct your team to defeat them. And I'm waiting on that to happen. Sean Marks has not built a team in Brooklyn uh, during this KD Kyrie era that could get to the top of the mountain. It was the Bucks that we feared or that we were matching up against. I wouldn't even say we feared them. We were hurt when we were against them. But it was the Bucks that we were trying to beat. Now it's clearly the Celtics. Yeah, and that's yeah. got whoop. <laughs> Happens. And there, there is no way to and and there, you know, there's no sane way to say the Nets are on the same level as the Celtics right now. But where the Nets are is better than they were um a year ago this time. And can they get better than that? That's the question that's going to be answered the rest of the season. I think you have a committed Kevin Durant this year. You have a better roster around him. You have a chance to make small moves in the next week to get better. So I'm going to hope for the best. Uh, Nick Claxton is right. The, the Nets see the Celtics, I believe, next month. So there's one more regular season game to get that bad taste out of the, the mouth. And that's the only team I see, to be honest, that I'm like, oh, they can't beat right now. Right? Like that, I haven't seen any of the other teams and, and gone, oh, they can't beat them. So they got to get to a place where they can beat the Celtics because then I feel like they can beat anybody. Yeah, Celtics are lucky. Their team that they can't beat is the Magic, who I don't think they're too worried about uh, running into late in the playoffs, right? So, but yeah, no, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the Nets do need to figure out a way to beat them. And I think that last test, again, hopefully with Kevin Durant, fingers crossed, we'll be able to see him play. That's the one thing that we we usually talk about when we talk about the Nets playing the Celtics is that Kevin Durant, he gets sl slowed down and in some cases stopped by the Celtics. So that's that's definitely something that's that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on going forward but i i just want to say to nets fans if you're opening up your fan duel app if you're opening up your DraftKings, the nets don't the nets have a friendly money making odds on winning a championship and i would say you make a lot of money on a hundred dollar bet for the nets winning the championship but i wouldn't be too worried about making that bet because the nets have a chance unlike last season where i don't think anybody in their right minds thought with the way the nets turned out that they were going to win a championship the Nets can win a championship this season, and it's going to come down to the way we play against teams like the Celtics, but we're not there yet, right? We're not even at the at the trade deadline. We're not at the all-star break. Enjoy the team that we have right now. We'll let them make improvements and give them a chance to show you that, like, this one game really was a fluke. Or 10 games, I guess, were flukes, but, you know, this particular one that we're talking about. There ain't no fluke ten in a row. <laughs> fluke's on fluke's on, fluke's Those on, are different teams, fluke's. though. Those are different teams. No, 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 no. Because be I, I, I'll that's say zero three on the season. I, yeah. That that's what I'll care about. I, there's nothing to say that the the Nets the Nets are not the same team that got swept by them. Obviously, right? Like we don't have to factor that in. It sucks. It's not good. It's not good for you know the way we feel. I hate Boston. But if you're looking at it from a basketball perspective, the, the losses that matter are the ones that have came this season. All right, folks. Um, and I had to put Jay from BK on timeout. He says, celebrate the Jankies in the summer because their season will be over before the Nets season starts. Like, chill, yo. Don't 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 come with that energy. The Yankees, like, it's February, right? We, we are less than two weeks away from pitchers and catchers. 
<laughs> the Yankees got to get back to a World Series. It's been too long, and y'all know how I give it up. I'm in there. I'm, I'm, I'm in there. Like, when the Yankees start playing, I'm in Legends. I'm in the Suites. I'm in the booth with John Souza. Stop playing with me. <laughs> all right, that's all we've got. Uh, nobody left any new reviews, so I'm going to ask you to leave us a review. If you have Apple Podcasts, write a review. It doesn't have to be long. Shout out to people that left long paragraphs and really told us that they loved us. But uh, reviews just help, makes us look better. And uh, make sure you smash the like on the YouTube on the way out. It's okay. The Nets got beat again and uh, embarrassed again by the Celtics, but it ain't forever. Uh, KD wasn't on the floor. I'm not going to argue with y'all about Ben Simmons. I'm, I'm off of, dude, unsubscribe me from all the Ben Simmons alerts. Um, if he comes back and helps this team, sure. But I don't have time to see if this grown-ass man turns back into the player he once was. Like, I'm, I'm not beat for that. Uh, anything else you guys got? No, nah, I haven't thought about baseball. <laughs> I'm a Go baseball live. guy. I've always been. <laughs> But I'm an everything guy. I'm a baseball, football, basketball, and even hockey guy. I'm a sports guy. It's, but, too, cold. Uh, it's too cold to think about baseball. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's it's uh, Punxsutawney Phil. It's Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Six more Six weeks. Six more weeks. Of, no, but that's Staten, that's Staten Island Groundhog was the other way. I don't okay. know. I mean, I don't know much What's about his name? Staten. They got, uh, they got an Italian Groundhog? Method Man. I, you know, <laughs> Punxsutawney Jizza or whatever over there. <laughs> Gotta find this Staten Island groundhog now. <laughs> Method Man would be a great name. I actually Shall have been Shall over win. there where their projects were. I did like a, a city harvest like food giveaway over there where their where their uh, projects are. Okay, Chuck, Staten Island Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> All right, Joe, we're out of here. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets, Brooklyn. <laughs>